1: a numbers game with your host,
4: Gil Alexander.
3: So those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the visa app, fubo sling Game Plus, iHeart Radio. However you're taking us in, we appreciate it this morning. Uh, Josh Towers to join us later this hour to talk baseball. Uh, Josh Towers, the former major leaguer who... Uh, is never shy about what he uh, will say about uh, baseball. Brady Cannon, uh, as well, will join us. That's the uh, BMW. Cha- excuse me. The, yeah, the BMW Championship, the second leg of the FedEx Cup. We'll get his thoughts on that. He'll be in studio. He hosts the Lombardi Line at the top of the hour. And momentarily, the great Jason Weingarten will play a little. Uh, we won't do blind resume today. We'll just show uh, because Jason writes for Point Spread Weekly, and he wrote a piece about NL MVP candidates will break down what the candidates have done the last week, and it leads to a uh, a long-shot wager, Jason adding some more money on a certain player here with uh, less than a quarter of the year remaining. So this will be very interesting. I also want to get his thoughts on what I just mentioned before the break when we were talking to Adam Kramer in the middle. I just sort of openly mused about this Dodgers line last night and how muted it was. It sort of caught me. I'm, I'm so like in a tennis tunnel and, and the MLB brain-dead parlays, and there's not, there wasn't really an opportunity to do that last night. The, the Dodgers line sort of caught us off guard late on primetime action. I'm like, why is, this, why is this so low? And by the way, it's low again tonight. And I get they're, they're facing a lefty, but it's Snell, and, and I just don't understand. Like, why do, the, why do the Padres get this much love on a nightly basis? We'll talk to Jason about that, get his thoughts, uh, see if he has a different take on this. Uh, real quick, though, we get tweets at beating the book, always appreciate Oh, and I want to get into this thing a little later. I was mentioning, I sort of teased it before the break, but I didn't do a good job of it. Um, betting, sports betting, as I always say, a reflection of the human condition. Uh, again, fighting, you know, our ability to fight through negative variance, our ability when we're on a streak like this in tennis to sort of, you know, maintain a level head about it. Whatever it is, there's so many different quirks in betting. And one of them is this notion of messing with our own brains where it's like all this stuff has happened Why haven't we bet on some of the things that have been going on in sports? We'll get into that here momentarily, a conversation that I had with my buddy E, which I think is fascinating. Uh, We get tweets, though. I've been in the book. This is from Inferior Bull. (laughs) Love that. He said, uh, count me in the audience of group one, hashtag make me money, keep up the good work, sir. Oh, that was the question I asked before. Are you in the make money group or are you in the, yeah, I just don't want to hear about tennis group, which, again, I'm always going to be in the make money group. Y'all got to figure it out with that. Uh, It's funny, I don't know, tennis just doesn't have the American sports betting love that it does globally, and it is the absolute weirdest thing in the world. Trip Tepper, uh, the college football quote-unquote alliance feels like political grandstanding more than actually making the sport better. The SEC is the best conference now and will be for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Trip, I'm with you, man. That alliance was all headline and no substance. Wilkman, uh, some books, getting to the tennis pick of the day, list our pick as only Carlos Alcaraz that is true uh, as i mentioned before it's either Carlos Alcaraz or it's Carlos Alcaraz Garcia and moneyline marv found alcaraz -102 and then he jokes. Whale well play maximum units. He's a tear, you know, crying emoji, laughing emoji. Neil S. Jag underscore four eighty. Hi Gil. What time is the tennis match you picked? I can't seem to find it on the board. Maybe you can repeat the name of the player you like, thank you. Uh, Alcaraz Garfia and it's at five twenty PM. Five twenty PM Pacific, I believe. Is it Pacific? Yeah, Pacific. I think it's 820 Eastern, so I think it's a late match. Uh, Russell Johnson. Missed the first part of the show. Any tennis leans picks today? Just the one. Again, Alcaraz Garfia. Uh, T for three. My connection is spotty. You were cutting out quite a bit, but I believe you said go crazy this week on tennis bets. Okay, fire away, lol. No, he knows. He's joking with me. The opposite. Everybody, easy on the pick this week. Uh, All the picks this week. Uh, Alcedro. I have to say, Gil, I have never just bet something without doing my own research, but I did blind bet some of your tennis picks because you were on a roll. Great job. I'm glad. Thank you for the confidence in that. We will try to keep it going today with that one play. Um, I want to get back to, again, and we'll bring in Jason Weingarten here at Spreadopedia from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. Good morning to you, Jason. Do we have Jason? Jason? We do not have Jason. We'll effort. We'll effort here. Um, Jason. Hello. Oh, there you go. There you go, Jason. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Do you hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate good, you. Good. Uh, appreciate you joining us as always on Monday and Wednesdays morning here on the Numbers Game. Uh, let's start with uh, what I was saying before the break. Before we get into the whole NL MVP discussion, which you did at uh, at Point Spread Weekly, um, the Dodgers last night. We're right around a minus 140 favorite, give or take five cents in either direction at San Diego. Uh, And by the way, it's Gil Alexander. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, iHeart Radio. Jason Weingarten on the phone with his dog barking because this dog loves this subject. Uh, Tonight, the Dodgers and Walker Bueller, yes, they're facing a lefty but it is Blake Snell, and the Dodgers, while terrible against lefties in previous years, not as terrible this year, I think it's fair to say. They're minus 140, minus 138. We're showing minus 143 on the screen at uh, vsan.com, but it's right in that pocket. It, are you as confused by these numbers as I am?
5: Not not particularly. I mean, I think they're they're fairly line. They don't, I don't have a play on the, on the game today, so. I think the line's pretty pretty much where it should be.
3: Did you think that last night?
5: Yeah, I, I didn't have a play on the game last night either, but I, I did have a lot of why why it was so low. Um I don't really have an answer. I, I mean sometimes you just you get a number like that.
3: Do you let me let me speculate. Do you think it's as simple? Right? So for for those of us who believe that it's shorter than it ought to be, and who do not have as high of opinion of the Padres as the market is suggesting. Do you think something like this oftentimes could be as simple as, well, going into that game last night, the Padres had beaten the Dodgers seven out of eight times, and so therefore, you know, a lot of – it, it mutes the market. Do you think that is at play?
5: I think that might have had a little to do with it. I mean, the Dodgers haven't played great against the Padres, so maybe that has a little bit to do with it. But
3: Okay, all right. Just checking. I didn't really the game. Did what did you play today? What have you made bets on?
5: I haven't bet anything because the Baltimore Angels game is not, and that's that was my my big focus today.
3: What was your so, big? Was, no, your big focus was on the article. Is that what you said? We were breaking up there for a second.
5: No, no, no. My my, my big focus is on the Otani today. Yes. And there's no line yet. So no
3: line. I haven't had a chance. So Shohei Otani and the Angels are at the Baltimore Orioles. For those who missed it last night, uh, the Orioles ended up losing their 19th game in a row. 19th loss in a row, and they were just getting shellacked early in this game. I mean, this could have gotten massively comical. In the end, the Angels only made it comical. 14-8 win by the Angels. Of those 19 losses in a row... 18 of them, the Orioles would have lost on the run line as well. So one in 18 during that stretch on the uh, stretch on the run line. Again, the all-time modern era record for losing streak is 23, um, 23 losses in a row which was, uh, I believe, the 1961 Phillies. Uh, I'll check on that. But the Orioles' franchise record is 21 losses in a row, again, which they started the 1988 season by losing their first 21 under Cal Ripken Sr. So we are getting to the point now. And by the way, the only three streaks that were more than 23 or tied with 23 were all in the 19th century. So we're getting into historical territory, and the futility with which the Orioles are playing these games is just off the charts. And so... We're showing by the way we're showing one number that we have here at minus 230 on the angels would that be a play for you Jason?
5: No probably not I'd probably look for goals or you know different bets where I can hedge futures basically yeah. um, but let's let's refer to the orioles as they are as a the giant there's. Um, There's no reason for them to even play the rest of the season, honestly.
3: Yeah, Jason, we're having trouble with the audio. We may have to cut you off here. But what what did you say refer to them as what?
5: Losers. There's no reason for them to play the rest of the season. They're not even...
3: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get Jason back. We'll see if we can. He was referring to those his giant losers. I mean, they are, and and his point is is his point is consistent and jibes with what we've been saying again about the chasm between the haves and the have-nots. And it was quantifiable yesterday when we had Mark Portchett on the show. We went through just how bad these teams are from a betting perspective. And and the most telling thing again is typically when we go to the worst, um, you know, worst money teams in baseball with the bizarro exercise of if you back this team every single game this year as a dog or as a favorite typically there's a good team that gets lined as you know like minus 180 minus 200 favorites on a fairly frequent basis who underperforms who ends up you know making their way into the bottom five it's not just the bad teams but this year the bad teams who are always a dog so right they're losing only a unit every night are so 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 bad Um, that it's relentless. They're all the bad teams. There is no good team uh, in the bottom of that. And again, those teams that we're referring to from bottom up, the worst ROI teams in baseball, the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, the Rangers, the Twins, the Nationals, the Cubs, the Marlins, the the Pirates. You have to get nine deep before you get to a team above 500, the Padres. Uh, Jason Weingarten will effort him once again uh, about the Orioles they, they really, I mean, this is, it is so bad, Jason. It is so bad, and it's a, that's why I keep going back to the brain-dead parlays with you. I know I've been obsessed with them, but it's like, I'm surprised, I'm surprised that even you aren't doing them, I guess is what I'm saying.
5: Yeah, maybe I have to start looking into it, but I mean, the the Orioles are an organizational failure from top to bottom. If, if this was a league like the NBA, they would have already brought in an outside executive to make the team competitive. I mean, this is, it's anti-competitive. It's, it's embarrassing to the league to, to feel the team like this on a daily basis.
3: It is because it hasn't gotten better. You would think, you know, you tell that by the way, this was a very proud organization, right? There was something called the Orioles way for many, many years in the seventies and eighties, they won world series uh, in both decades. And, you know, it was a very proud franchise and it, it has sunk to this level. Um, which is just a, tra- you're right it's a travesty in every way. L- let's go to the NLMVP discussion because I want to get this in. You wrote for point spread weekly, you are you, you talk about futures every day, you're following futures markets and awards markets. And with NLMVP, you've made some very interesting points and we want to show uh, the the last 7 days performance from some of the candidates or all of the candidates really and this eventually lands on a bed. So let's let's start with The favorite, the current favorite, Fernando Tatis Jr. Your thoughts on his position right now?
5: My stance on his position is he's doing nothing. Um, He's been unimpressive. He's been striking out a lot. He's playing for a team that's going to miss the playoffs. And I don't see any reason why he should be minus 300 for MVP.
3: And he is minus 300 at uh, – sites around. I'll shop around to see where you get it, but right now I'm seeing at BetMGM uh, that he is in fact minus 280 to be precise, but yes, right around $3 favorite. All right, there is his last week. Two hits, two runs, a double, no homers, two ribbies, seven strikeouts, two walks, and a slash of 111, 273, 333. He has not been good at baseball, period. Um, And you those
5: aren't MVP numbers. No,
3: they're hardly. They're Whatever the opposite of an MVP is, that's what those are. Here's the next candidate uh, on the board here for National League MVP, again with almost a quarter of the season left. So we have a just enough runway where if you do this week by week, these things will add up. Max Muncy, so of all the Dodgers, you know, with all the, the Seegers and the Bettses and the Bellingers of the world, here's Max Muncy's last week. Uh, he's the number one or the shortest shot of the Dodgers candidates. His slash is 150, 190, 500. Uh, and, the, and the current number on him uh, at BetMGM, just scanning the board because they don't have it in uh, in specific order, is plus 725. Plus 725. Your thoughts there?
5: Not a great number. The the better numbers have all been gone for, for several weeks or months at this point. Um, you know, he, he at least had a couple home runs last week that that were nice and won a game. But he's got to do a lot more if he wants to win MVP. Yeah,
3: 150, 190 OBP. My goodness. All right, here's the next one. We'll rifle through these because this does lead to a pretty sexy bet, I think. Uh, here's number three. This is Freddie Freeman. Now, Freddie Freeman... Is playing for a first place team, a team that is surging. Um, the lead is only increasing, not decreasing. And he was the guy that came in from the uh, from the back. Really the sneaky freaky brother sneaking in from the rear last year to win the MVP in the NL. And here's his last week. Really good. Nine hits, six runs, three doubles, a homer, two ribbies, two strikeouts, one walk, no stolen bases, but a three forty-six, three ninety-three, six fifty-four slash. Freddie Freeman could it happen again? Could lightning strike twice again this late in the season?
5: It, it could, but just remember that those numbers came against the Marlins and the Orioles, and you don't get to play the Marlins and the Orioles every week. He's also trailing behind a bunch of other players. Two, two full WAR behind Muncie. His WRC plus is, is lower. He's he's got 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 to make up a lot of ground still.
3: Freddie Freeman nine to one for NL MVP at BetMGM currently available. All right, here's his teammate with the Braves. Uh, not often talked about in mainstream circles, but Austin Riley putting together on one heck of a year, and here's his last week. Also, like Freeman, really good. Nine hits, four runs, a double, two homers, four RBI, five Ks against no walks, no stolen bases, but a .350, six forty slash. And if you go to the, uh, to the numbers, uh, Austin Riley currently can be had at 40 to one starting to get pretty interesting now.
5: yeah that's that's too low for Austin Riley especially because he has a teammate he's competing against I'd I'd probably need at least a hundred to one to seriously consider Riley and frankly he's just not going to win this year.
3: Yeah, he's not going to win. I think you're right. Uh, that would be a shocker of all shockers. Uh, a few more here. Here's the next one. This is Bryce Harper. Now, remember, when Bryce Harper's number crashed, and I do mean crashed a couple weeks back, everybody all of a sudden was like, hey, what about Bryce Harper? And I think one of the more interesting points you make has to do with teams like the Phillies. Here's Bryce Harper's last week. Not so good. 190 batting average, 346 OBP, and a 476 slugging uh, percentage. What would you say about Bryce Harper's candidacy right now?
5: I was surprised that his number crashed so much when it did. Um, it's probably fairly priced right now, around 10 to 1. The...
3: Oh, we lost Jason. 11 to 1 on Bryce Harper currently at MGM. Uh, shall we power through these last ones here, uh, Jason Kahn? Uh, because we don't want to, we're having trouble with his uh, connection. His connection, I believe the technical term is janky. Janky, I believe, is the word we're using. Uh, here's now one person that we talked about with Jason last week when he was 50 to 1, 5-0, 50 to 1, was Joey Votto. Uh, Joey Votto's not 50 to 1 anymore. Hope people grabbed him. When uh, when we talked about it, Joey Votto and the Reds now in the playoff position. Currently, if the playoffs were to start right now, the Cincinnati Reds would be the number two wild card team in the National League. Here's Joey Votto's last week. Four hits, three runs, a double, two homers, five RBI, seven Ks against five walks, and a slash that's not that great, 211, 375, 579. Jason is back. Joey Votto now at current prices, no longer fifty to one. Jason, uh, but instead at a shop like uh, like BetMGM, you can grab Votto at. Let me get the up to date number: sixteen to one.
5: Too low now? Too too low. If you haven't played them yet, I would wait.
3: You would wait still because these things will fluctuate again. Roughly thirty five uh, to thirty eight games left for for most of these teams. Okay, and now. Uh, Let us reveal this last one. Oh, no, it's not the last one. Pardon me. I I jumped the gun. One more Dodger. Trey Turner. Uh, Last week, really good. 400, 400, 650 slash. And Trey Turner doing Trey Turner things. Eight hits, you know, a stolen base, couple homers. He's all over the place. A double, three runs. Uh, Trey Turner, again, amidst a, a bunch of Dodgers, but specifically of all the Dodgers, Max Muncy and Trey Turner at the top of the MVP uh, market 35 to one at Ben MGM.
5: It's tempting. It's, it's very tempting. He's batting leadoff for the Dodgers. I just worry that a lot of those stats he got with the Nats aren't really going to count or carry over and that people are going to vote Muncie over him. Remember Muncie's leading the NL in war. So I have a hard time seeing Trey Turner jump him. but it's a good number.
3: Yeah. And, and you're not a fan of war, correct?
5: I mean, it has its moments. If it if it if it supports my my <laughs> position, I'm a fan of it. If it doesn't, I tend to discount it.
3: War has its moments. Such a great call. War has its moments. Uh, war war should be it should be you know it should be known to people. Not a uniform stat used by fan graphs or perspectives. I think they got together and tried to make it uniform. So war is uh, subjective to some degree. Uh, Brandon Crawford of the Giants. Just let me thank you for including Brandon Crawford. He's not where we're going with this. But uh, just let me, I just want to thank you for including him. Because uh, what a season he has had. What a career he's had with the Giants. But not a good last week. 176, 300, 235. Wow, 235 slash on this guy.
5: Yeah, but you got to you got to give consideration to somebody on the Giants. They're the first yeah. team to 80 wins. How do they not have an MVP candidate?
3: Make it 81 now. No losing season. They have clinched a non-losing season. One more win and they clinch a winning season with again almost a quarter of the season to go. But Brandon Crawford's not winning the MVP, right?
5: Probably not, but I mean, you could make a pretty good case that he should be in the top 3 or the top 5.
3: I agree with that. He's 80 to 1. 80 to 1. And then finally, and here's where we're going with this. Here is a guy we have stumped for in the past. I have a 100 to 1 ticket on him. I know you do as well. From the Washington Nationals. And look at his last week, just just mowing along, just motorboating over pitchers. 357, 625, 643 slash. Five hits, six runs, three doubles, a homer, four ribbies, four strikeouts against nine walks. He's like bonds light with the walks. It's Juan Soto, and he's 100 to one. You're adding money to this this week.
5: Yeah, I'm going to bet some more on Juan Soto. I think he's got a pretty favorable last five weeks of the season. They're about, they're about to play 16 straight games against the uh, NL, NL East. They got the Rockies at home and on the road. They, they take trips to Cincinnati and Atlanta, which are both very good hitters park parks and I mean if you watch the game last night they walked Juan Soto with runners on the corners to load the bases he has 98 walks on the season I think Freddie Freeman's next at 70 yeah. You know, the only reason he doesn't have more you know better stats is because he gets walked all the time he's also played more games than Fernando Tatis and Max Muncy and what's the difference between Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis both are probably on non-playoff teams I'm going to take the guy who's probably not going to get shut down at the end of the
3: season. I love it. I love that point at the end. Like, people want to just discard the Nets. Why are any of these other non-playoff teams any better? Jason Weingarten, everybody, from Under a Cloud of Smoke in Southern Cali. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Brady Cannon on golf next. And uh, betting and all the things we've missed betting on. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew
4: Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know who's really good, Creighton, you know, watch Creighton.
2: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And any time is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
3: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, we get tweets at Benny the Book, Scott C, at C Scotty Books seventeen. War, war, what is it good for? sighting <laughs> uh, those Edwin K stars. It? No, that's Brenda K star. Edwin Star lyrics uh, from the song uh, Jason Guinard and I talking about war. Uh, and also uh, Spencer talking about tennis. He goes, Gil, my first pick in tennis from you. I'm laying five hundred. Go, Gil. Oh boy, here we go. Let's go easy. I hope that's an easy unit for you. That's all I'm saying. Uh, It is Gil Alexander, kind enough to join me right now to uh, talk golf, although that may have to wait a few minutes. It's Brady Cannon, ladies and gentlemen, the co-host of Long Shots, the greatest golf betting show there ever was. And oh, by the way, Super Contest Champion from 2011 with the San Suu team How you doing, man? We're getting close to contest
7: season, aren't we? We've got a, you and I are going to talk a little later about contest strategy. You, of course, had a great run last year in Circa Survivor. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, don't remind me. Don't yeah, remind I know. It, it, well, it, it's like my golf the last three weeks. you want to flash your ring, Brady? Let's, oh, let's yeah. not bury it's the I got headlight. the ring. I wore the ring for the show. There you go. Look at that. 2011. There it is. There it is. Wow. Wow. Favorite pieces of hardware. You could really do some damage with that thing. My wife would divorce me if I wore this on a regular basis. It's pretty... <laughs> pretty ostentatious, but <laughs> it is a little ostentatious. <laughs> um,
3: so you're, but you're in, you're in a contest. You're in all contest again this year. Got,
7: uh, I'm not a survivor guy. I get right. so mentally locked into the point spread. I I've done survivor contests before I've gotten close, but never won anything like that. So I'm, I'm staying away from that, but, uh, we'll certainly do the, the super contest and the circa million.
3: So before we get to your golf thoughts on the BMW second leg of the FedEx cup and, uh, Oh, let's show this shot. First of all, this is Brady and Matt Eumann's, uh last week at uh, in, in Scottsdale. Is this in Scottsdale? TBC yes, Scottsdale? Yes, Scottsdale. You guys doing your show from there. My guys in the other My desert. My guys in the other desert. That's right. Uh, was that M-G-I-O-T-D? So... <laughs> You, you guys had a great time, it looks like. Did you play, and how did you play? Uh, we played the day before. The show was
7: uh, aired on Friday, and we were able to, lucky enough, to play on Thursday with Brian Rogers. And the boss wow. stole the show. He shot an 83. Wow. I ended up with an 89, and Matt shot a 94. Um, but just a terrific time, and, and I really enjoyed the back nine. Uh, the 16th hole, of course, looks so much different without all the grandstands. Um, but the fans did cheer for me. I hit the green uh, on 16. (laughs) And then uh, on 17, both Matt and I almost drove the green. That's where the pros do drive it. And we've seen Ricky Fowler even go beyond it and into the water, I remember, one year. I think Hideki Matsuyama ended up winning that year over Fowler. Uh, But the last three holes were really awesome. and. Just a great track, and, and the overall experience was fantastic. Uh, the clubhouse, the amenities were were excellent. Um, the entire experience down there, and thanks to DraftKings and everybody here at Visa that put it together, it it was so cool to get away from the normal grind mm-hmm. and do something like that, a field trip, if you will. We had a great time, and uh, everything went really well. And the reason for it is because DraftKings is opening a book there in the future? Correct. Draft, DraftKings is the official betting partner of the PGA Tour, and the PGA Tour owns an opportunity Operates all the TPC courses, so it was a natural fit there. With sports betting being legalized in Arizona, supposed to open up and be live uh, at the start of the football season on September 9th. So, uh, of course, being there at TPC Scottsdale uh, in light of that occasion, um, it was a nice fit. How'd you feel
3: about Tony Finau getting his first win on tour this past week in five years?
7: I'm very happy for Tony. It was a long time coming. I mean, this guy's been a top 20 player in the world for a long time. Now moves up to number nine in the world. Uh, But I mentioned, you said, don't remind me about Survivor. I had Harris English three weeks ago in Memphis, fifty-four hole leader trying to go wire to wire. I had Russell Henley the next week. Oh. I had John Rom last week. Oh, best player on the planet for sixty-seven holes, and then what was the sickest one of those? The Henley one, probably. Well, I, it was. It was. Well, Henley, I had more than one player in the mix, so that was really tough. But Rom was very difficult because I thought, okay, third time's a charm. Yeah, I'm going to finally get this guy
3: home. Whew. See if we can get one this week. Yeah, Cameron Smith and Tony Finau in a playoff after Cameron Smith shot a 11 under 60 in round three. And those two were able to, after the uh, the hurricane delay, if you will, the next day, Ended up in a playoff, and then uh, Tony Finau in one hole gets it done. I saw somebody say on Twitter
7: that, uh, of course, this was on a Monday because for the last five years Tony Finau has been allergic to Sundays.
3: Well, uh, that was my my (laughs) comment was, of course, Tony Finau wins when no one's watching, right? Like that's the kind (laughs) of thing he would win, Uh, and he does. But congratulations to him. And so now, from the Northern Trust, which is 125, well, 124 golfers, uh, it will it's down to 70. And that's where we start with the BMW. BMWs. B- I could want to say the BMW the whole time, but is is that what it is? Yeah, the BMW yeah. championship. You know kind of in your neck of the woods. Owing Mills, Maryland. Owings Mills, Maryland. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to say BMX, but it's the, B- it's the BMW <laughs> championship. Uh, we'll get Brady's thoughts on that. The bets he has made next on A Numbers Game at Beast in the Sports Betting Network.
1: to a numbers game. With Gil Alexander,
3: now that the NFL preseason is kicked off and is in full swing, it's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the Visa Pro Football Betting Guide. Guide is only 19.99, available now. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for Visa All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season at visa.com/slash subscribe. Gil Alexander and co-host of Long Shots, the greatest golf betting show there ever was, which he does with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans. Uh, it is. Brady Cannon, you can follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. So for the BMW, the second leg of the FedEx Cup, John Ewing from BetMGM uh, has set out some stuff here for us uh, over there at BetMGM. Line movement, ROM, for instance, from plus 650 to 600. Uh, highest ticket percentage is on Deshambo over there at BetMGM, seven percent. Uh, highest handle is on Rom at thirteen percent. Biggest liabilities at BetMGM in this tournament: Deshambo, McElroy, and Matsuyama. Let me start with the FedEx Cup standings again, because Brady, this is the general context of of these three tournaments, of which we're heading into number two, uh, and then Atlanta to wrap things up next week when it's only the top thirty FedEx Cup point um, leaders. So right now. It's Finau, Rom, Smith, Cantley, and JT at the top. Uh, and there's the, uh, we round out the top 10 with uh, Morikawa, Spieth, English, shambo and Answer. First question, did you make any FedEx Cup bets? You know, I did it last year, and I'm not going to this year. Uh,
7: I'll probably have some bets for next week. I feel like they're not as available this year. You might be right about that. Yeah. I haven't even looked. Um, but that staggered scoring system, I think, is so difficult. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit last week with Rufus Peabody and our guest this week, John Hasselbauer. Um You know, first of all, you don't know Tony Finau is in the top spot right now. He would have that staggered scoring advantage if he were to remain in that position going into next week. But you don't know who's going to have that advantage necessarily,
3: right? Well, that's part of the whole, yeah, twist, right? So, first place going into Atlanta will start at ten under. Second place will start at eight under. Third place seven under, and so on and so on. Right. So it's yeah. There's that extra layer of
7: game. If and if you're will. gonna take a flyer on a guy that might be a hundred to one or something, he's probably in the twenty-eighth spot and right. has no stroke advantage. Now there's also possibly a separate market where you can just say who's going to win the tour championship just purely on strokes. Mm-hmm. Last year that was Xander Shoffley. Now he started a few strokes behind Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson was your FedEx Cup winner. But Xander Schauffele, just by stroke to stroke over the course of the four days, would have won that tournament. So is there a market out there where you can bet that? That might be a little better if you can find it. That's very difficult to find as well. So, you know, I, I said this last night on long shots. I think it's very cool to watch. Obviously, it's the quote-unquote best 30 players in the world, certainly the 30 players in the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, great golf course to watch, Eastlake, and
3: certainly there's some good drama, but betting it is a challenge. Well, the BMW Championship, you can bet that this week, solely like any other golf tournament. What did you land on for this weekend? Owings Mills, Maryland, which I have to tell you, growing up in D.C., was one of those, uh, I don't even know if it's a suburb of D.C., but it's just sort of on the outlying suburb. uh, Right Right outside of Baltimore, I guess. PG County, I believe.
7: Well, Tom Fazio oh, designed the
3: Baltimore, course. you're right. So it's yeah, LPGA Caves County.
7: Valley Golf Club, Yeah, right outside of Baltimore. And it's, it's a Tom Fazio design. It's hosted Champions Tour events, LPGA, some amateur events, but this is the first time we've ever seen it on the PGA Tour. So doing the course research to find out what it's going to take has really been the bulk of my handicap this week. And what we've come to find is it's a pretty darn big golf course. It's a par 72, so you've got the full complement of par 5s. It's about 7,500 yards. Uh, And what I'm reading is it's going to take a big hitter to win here. And that's what John Ewing is talking about. We're seeing all the liability on Bryson DeChambeau. He really took a hit. I I saw him as high as 35 to one. I've seen him as low now as about 14 to one. So he is really taking a hit in the market. People banking on the fact that, you know, he can attack some of the shorter par fours on this course. All the big hitters can get to the par fives and two. Uh, It's tree lined. I think the rough is going to be medium. But guys like Deshambo, like we saw at Winged Foot, you know, even if he's errant off the tee, he's pretty good at getting out of that rough. Um, I did not play Deshambo, but I did go with, I went back to John Rahm. I think, Gil, the gap between John Rahm, the number one player in the world, and the number two, and the number six, and the number four, everything below John Rahm, I think that gap is big right now. As big as anything you've seen since the Tiger Woods era? It's close, honestly, from a strokes gained approach. Wow. Rom is nearing. Tiger-esque levels of play wow. right now as far as strokes gained versus the field. And I mean, he was absolutely dominant, again, for 67 holes last week. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not 72 holes for me, but I, I'm going back to Rom this week. Um, and th- like I said, this is a big boy golf course where you're going to have to hit it far. Well, he's one of the longest drivers on tour. He's also one of the most accurate. He ranks number one on tour in total driving, which is a combination of length and accuracy. I also went with Scotty Sheff, at 30-1, to one, who's number two on tour in total driving. Those guys also make a bunch of birdies. Rama's is number two on tour in birdie average, and Scheffler's number four. So hit it long and make birdies, I think, is a very good combination in any week, really, but I think especially this week. I think the guys are going to score on this golf course, but if you're putting it out there long and making a lot of birdies, I think that'll give you an advantage on this particular course. So I went with those two guys. I also went with Xander Shoffley. Shoffley just won the gold medal on another Tom Fazio design. Uh, he also has two top 25 finishes in the Wells Fargo. That's a Tom Fazio design, both at Eagle Point and Quail Hollow. Also finished second last fall at Shadow Creek, another Fazio design right here in Las Vegas. And then finally, I took a long bomb on Charlie Hoffman. You'll notice all my guys are big hitters. The only difference here really with Hoffman is he's a little bit more errant off the tee than the other guys. But a 103-1, I thought that price was too long. I, I figured him to be more about 85 to 1. It's only a 70 player field, you recall. And I think there's probably maybe 50 guys at the most that can truly win this thing. Charlie Hoffman's positioning in the field is also interesting because he's 29th in the FedEx Cup points list. He actually went from 31st to 29th last week with a 21, finished 21st at the Northern Trust. So a lot is on the line for him to stay inside that top 30. And the top 30 is bigger than you think. It's not just going to Eastlake. It gets you into the Masters. It gets you into the U.S. Open. It gets you into the major championships. It really gives you a lot of open doors if you finish in that top 30. So a lot on the line for Charlie Hoffman. And he rounded out my card, my biggest long shot. Rom, Shafley,
3: Scheffler, and Hoffman. What's, uh, what's the cutoff for people who want to bet John Rahm? What's too low? I think six under under six gets a little short for me. I got him
7: at seven, um, but uh, John Ewing just said he's at six to one at BetMGM. I, I think that is about the right price, uh, but lower than that, I think you're you're costing yourself some money
3: there. Yeah. and sorry Baltimore about your uh, about not knowing about your suburbs. It's always interesting to me, like San Jose and San Francisco are further apart. Than Baltimore and D.C., but San Jose and San Francisco are still all Bay Area. Baltimore and D.C., totally different universes. Well, yeah,
7: you know, growing up, it didn't seem like San Jose was even Bay Area, but now it is. But now it is.
3: Um, thank you, Brady. Appreciate you it. You host the Lombardi Line, yes, top sir. of the hour. We look forward to that. Uh, Josh Towers, join us in the interim. And uh, betting what we haven't been betting while we've been betting other things. And the missed opportunities next at Vizen, the sports betting network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. As summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Place your bets on all the exciting showdowns. Maybe baseball, maybe soccer, MLB, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials from goals to home runs. The king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000. That's right, I said it, 1000. To get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager, new customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Skill Alexander. Uh, it has been a morning not empty of uh, some NFL tidbits. We talked about the Sony Michelle trade uh, earlier to the Rams from the Patriots. So Sonny Michel in the Rams backfield rotation now, obviously with the injuries to uh, Cam Akers season ending with the Achilles, and then the uh, the other one to Daryl Henderson uh, with the thumb dinged up. He should be back for the first uh, week of the season, but Sonny Michel in camp. Uh, now Zach Kiefer reporting that Frank Reich says he won't play Carson Wentz in Friday's preseason finale, but jokes that the thought has crossed his mind, no setbacks whatsoever with Wentz's foot the past three days, took every seven-on-seven first-team rep starting on Monday. Uh, And then uh, from the more random department, but for those who are bullish on the Patriots and bullish on Mac Jones, and remember Bill Belichick saying that the door now with Cam Newton missing practice for a few days... um, The door is open for Mac Jones. Jeff Howe reporting that Mac Jones just threw back-to-back touchdowns and is 21 of 23 so far in practice against the Giants' starting defense. He's completed 14 consecutive passes. So let the Mac Jones hysteria continue. Uh, Before we get to Josh Towers here, I just wanted to bring this up because I teased it earlier. Uh, My buddy, E, who I've mentioned on the show many times, uh, very successful sports better. He was texting yesterday uh, and he mentioned, and I think this is a great sort of, again, sports betting truism, again, a reflection, a reflection rather of the human condition. Everything we do in sports betting, the tricks that we play with our mind, our ability to overcome adversity, dealing with hot streaks, dealing with low streaks, I mean, bad streaks. It's just everything we talk about, the psychology of not having bet something and seeing it win and what we think in our heads about, oh, if I had bet it, uh, would that have happened? I should have bet it. I should have bet a million on it. Um, So he brought up something which I think is interesting. Let's take our example. While we've been betting tennis and betting it really well, there's also in the back of your mind this notion of all the things we've missed betting on. For instance, the Orioles losing streak, which we talked about, 19-game losing streak and 1-18, in by the way, against the run line. Have you been betting it every day? Have you been betting it at all? Do you feel bad about missing out on it? Um, the Diamondbacks on the road this season. I mentioned the Diamondbacks since April on the road are 6 and 41. Let me repeat that. The Diamondbacks on the road since April are 6 and 41. Have you been betting against that? Enough at all? Do you lament not having done so? It's again how the how sports betting even when you're being successful, messes with you at what you're not betting. Uh, Ash Barty, just to go to 10 as the example. Ash Barty is 16-1 and one versus top 20 players this year. Have you been betting Ash Barty at all? Um, then some MMA stuff. Amanda Nunez, I mean, just bet her blindly every fight. Uh, Kamara Uzman as well. I mean, it's, it's just, that's, again, just, you know, all the different things that go into our mind on a daily basis for those of us who are immersed in this. It's never all good. <laughs> it's more often, uh, even when things are going good, you have this little voice in your head like, I could have been doing this too, though. So uh, always fascinating. Thanks to my buddy E for uh, talking about that with us last night uh, via text. All right, let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at NoDon'tJosh. Again, a reminder to himself when he thinks to tweet something to take that extra beat and say No, don't Josh, don't do it. And yet he still does it, ladies and gentlemen. Former Major League Baseball player and the host, one of the hosts of Veasan's Bet Center. It's the great Josh Towers. How you doing, Josh?
6: Gilly, I'm good, man. Hey, listen. The Orioles thing, you don't have to worry about making sure you're on that losing streak when you just bet them under for the season. We're just watching our money cash.
3: Yeah, I I mean, although, and I have that too, right? But it's like, because I was, by the way, I was looking at my, it's funny you mentioned that. I was looking just this morning at my preseason season win total plays. And in this case, they weren't season win totals. They were season win percentages. Because we weren't exactly sure about COVID and that kind of thing, and I have the I have the Rangers under win percentage. I have the Orioles under win percentage. Easy peasy for both of those. Um, And then I have a a third one that's going to lose, which is the Twins. I had the Twins over. That's an easy loser. And so my my season is going to come down to my fourth one. I'm either going to be three and one or two and two. And that is, I have the Blue Jays over. And they're not quite at the win percentage that I have them at. They're like low 500s. I think I need them to be like sort of mid 500 win percentage. Um, where do they rank in sort of the list in, in a season where the Twins have been the most disappointing? And the yes. Padres and maybe the Phillies are starting to creep into that territory in terms of like talent not realized. Where do the Blue Jays, are, are the Blue Jays starting to worry you that they might end up in that category?
6: No, no. Um... Twins are surprising, obviously. Uh, Seattle, sorry, Seattle, San Diego. What, what? Andrew, I don't. I still don't know how you mess up that pitching staff that bad with what the Padres had. So I, I think you're right. With those two, as number one and number two. I honestly feel, Gil. I feel that the Blue Jays are exactly where they should have been, where, where they should be. Hmm. They're a very young team. They're piecing together. You and I have had this conversation for years about how hard August is and then finishing the season into September. And If you don't know how to back off in August, if you haven't played long enough to know how to back to be able to finish strong, you just fade. And I think with the young players, this Blue Jay team is right exactly where they should. They're starting to scuffle a little bit down the stretch. They know they're out of any playoff contention. Uh, And so you're just hoping that you collect enough information for next year and then you add in a couple pieces you need. So I think if they finish above 500, I think that's about par for the course. Yeah, you know what? You're
3: probably right. They probably should be right around where they are, uh, despite all of their moves. It's pretty reasonable that they are where they are. Just need them to get a little better here down the stretch uh, and still vying for a playoff spot, of course. Um, Let me go back to something I asked Jason Weingarten earlier. I'm curious about your opinion on this. Uh, I was betting tennis. I was in my tennis cocoon. I was looking for brain-dead MLB parlays against really bad teams, and so there weren't really any opportunities available last night. And the Dodgers line against the Padres sort of crept up on me, and I thought it was really low, like minus 140-ish. And again, we're getting a minus 140-ish on the Dodgers tonight. Bueller against Snell. Does that seem low to you?
6: So I talked about this yesterday. I, to, to me, yesterday, it was just a blind play on the Dodgers regardless. It just – San Diego's we – forget what they did all season against them in their head-to-head matchups. The, the, uh, the Pods just aren't playing good baseball. And you fired your pitching coach, and so you got a lot of shuffling going on, and we don't even know who's starting. Now I gotta, I'm got. going to bullpen day with what I had in the room. I mean, it's just crazy to me. So the offense isn't enough to – to take over and have that team be successful, they need their pitching. They, they, the bullpen, have the most innings in baseball, and they're finally starting to show fatigue. Uh, I just think again, this is a great play, Walker Bueller He's just having his uh, Cy Young stats, and you never know what you're getting out of Blake's. So, now I mean, he can give up six in the first inning.
3: That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm curious what you do like today on a full slate, which which includes a couple at least really good matchups on paper. Giolito against Ray. The White Sox are at Toronto. The Jays are minus 118 favorites. Uh, Ray certainly vying for an AL Cy Young. Uh, the Giants are dogs. Again tonight against the Mets. I just, I just what I mean. What do you make of that? I was gonna I was gonna keep listing stuff. I was gonna go Castillo Woodruff too, where the where the Brewers yeah. are minus one seventy favorites. But let's let's talk about the Giants for a second. You know, I Mark Borchard who, who does our baseball uh, one of my baseball guests one of my great baseball guests on this show. He he faded yeah. the Giants last night, and I always joke with. I am like have you factored in Giants magic into your model, and <laughs> like after all this time, I feel really vindicated by doing that time and time again this year. And and once again tonight, it's Taiwan Walker and Johnny Cueto, and the Giants are, are a slight dog. I, w- tell me why I shouldn't bet on the Giants.
6: You tell me why you shouldn't. That was my favorite play yesterday. Uh, and again, even though my boy Tyler Omega was pitching uh, and we're on his old stopping grounds of LMU, it, it, it's just the match man. We talked about this all season. We knew this was going to happen. We knew exactly when it was going to happen. And we knew why it was going to happen. And what if they, have, they have no answer for this? Did you see the swing and miss by Javi Baez? The there, it was about like four feet. He missed the baseball. Yeah, um, yeah, it's bad. I, I don't know why you wouldn't bet the Giants. They're, they need. I mean, listen, the Dodgers are hot. The Giants are staying hot in contention. It's it's not about that wild card. It's about the division. We know they're going to the postseason, so it's about the division, and, and they have the right team to step on their throats and be successful again. So I think the the Giants are the play. I'm I'm shocked at the line, to be honest with you. Um, If there was a game the Jays should win, it would be this one. I'm I'm a little bit surprised at yesterday's outcome, but Toronto's scuffling as a team, so this is why they got the Robbie Rays of the world. Um, Listen, the Reds have an opportunity to flex yesterday. They had an opportunity to, to tell the Brewers we're going nowhere and tell the Padres this is our wild card and they chose not to. Uh, and as much as I love Castillo, they're they're going to do nothing but think about that letdown and that bullpen fail yesterday, and I think that puts them in a very bad place. This is something that the Brewers needed because um, they still think about that Giants series where where the Giants came in, and, and the Giants took too late in that series versus the Brewers in Milwaukee. Uh, so for them to take a couple back versus the Reds like this, it's important. So I'm on the Brewers on that one, I and mean, then, of course, the Dodgers, man.
3: Yeah, there, there might be a Red Sox uh, Angels brain dead parlay in this for me as well. The Orioles have lost 19 and 1, in, 1 and 18 on the run line, by the way. Shohei Otani and the Angels, and we'll leave with this Shohei Otani and the Angels on the run line tonight on the road at Baltimore, minus 140. Again, the Orioles Ooh. 1 and 18 on the run line during this stretch. Would you play that at minus 140, Shohei?
6: I mean, every now and again, I throw some run-line plays in there. I did it a couple of weeks ago when we started our little thing on, on Sundays on the show. Um, I'm not the biggest run-line guy. I don't. I just like winning baseball games. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. that line itself is probably insane. Uh, it's hard to not bet against stuff like that. Again, when they lose 19 in a row, when we knew they were going to be the worst team in history, which is going to be three straight years of 108 losses yeah. or more, yeah. um, they don't do anything right. This is the worst coaching staff assembled in baseball history,
3: Gil. Uh, why not run? I, you know, I got to run, Josh, but that sort of dovetails into the conversation before. Like, all these things we're missing betting on in sports betting. Shohei in the run line, minus 140 against the Orioles tonight. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Uh, we've done all Talk we can do. Brady Cannon hosts on the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi next. Enjoy it. These the Sports Betting Network.
0: Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you
7: posted on Zigazoo. Oh!
2: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
4: Hey, this is John Ridley, and this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline, and welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy.